Hi everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the University of Greenwich Sustainability Podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast to discuss sustainability at the University of Greenwich and our wider lives. Hopefully with these short podcasts we can provide a good starting point for you guys to delve into sustainability topics and hopefully engage with the wider sustainability team or eco team projects. So just to give personal introductions, my name is Ryan Wallace, I'm a volunteer with the University of Greenwich Sustainability team. Um, I work in events usually, but I have a keen interest in sustainability and wanted to reach out to the guys to hopefully yeah, come up with this idea for a podcast and work together. Neil, could you give yourself an introduction? Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Neil. I'm a second year law student. I work in the Sustainability Development Unit as a Sustainability Project Assistant, and I'm also the GSC Officer for the year 2020-2021. Great. And David, could you give yourself an introduction? Hello, yeah, hi everyone. I'm David Jackson. I'm the Sustainability Projects Officer of the Sustainable Development Unit. I've been in post for nearly six months now. Um, I've been in the sustainability slash conservation sector for about seven years since I graduated. Um, I've worked at a wildlife animal charity and the NHS prior to starting here. Great, thanks guys. So before the episode, I thought I'd um, give you guys an environmental fact uh, today's fact is an estimated 50,000 species inhabiting our tropical forests become extinct annually. That's an average of 137 species a day. Hopefully there'll be some more positive facts coming soon. <laughs> so today's episode, episode three, is during this time we're recording these episodes sort of mid-April while um, most of the country's in quite strict lockdown. So this is an episode looking forward, so coming out of lockdown. Have there been any changes that we can keep or should we go back to business as usual? So during this period of huge disruption, it can be an opportunity to step back and assess the kind of world we live in and when we're thinking about a new normal post COVID-19. While many of us have seen the infographics showing reduced pollution in large cities across the globe and crystal clear waterways in Venice, others have raised concerns about the bounce back as economies are stimulated with production airlines may be bailed out and people rebook their long-haul flights. I know these are very unusual circumstances. David, do you have any sort of ideas of if this has occurred in history or in the past? I think it's quite sort of unprecedented, at least in, you know, sort of my, my lifetime. Um, the, the only thing that I sort of can compare it to briefly um, is the 2008-2009 financial crash. So that was the year before I started university. Um, so back then I probably didn't know too much, but from sort of what I know out of that financial crash, the global emissions did decrease ever so slightly. But then following that, because governments were sort of trying to stimulate the economy and that sort of went hand in hand with fossil fuel demand to, to help with that stimulation. Um, that sort of resulted in renewable energy being pushed back and sort of sustainable agendas from organisations being pushed back as people focused on sort of the economy and trying to boost things. Um, and over the following sort of year or so, global emissions actually rose by 5%, it's estimated by some sources. So it's, you know, if things are looking like that and it's probably going to be sort of worse than that um, in terms of obviously the, the situation at the moment and the implications of that, 
um, for sort of wider society. But yeah, that that's the only thing that I'm sort of fully aware of that's happened in, in my lifetime, at least. Great. So in an article by The Independent, Professor Sam Frankhauser states that we must keep an eye on stimulus packages, that this is an opportunity to have a low carbon recovery. In an ideal world, David, how would you like the UK government to react post COVID-19 in terms of their environmental policy? I think sort of briefly reflecting on the sort of question that you asked previously, Ryan, in terms of and my point about the financial crash, it's a case of because the economies of various, you know, well, a large number of countries around the world are being affected by it. And obviously the first thing, understandably, is they're going to try and boost that once the lockdown ends. I think it's important for governments to consider the environmental aspect within that. So, you know, fossil fuels might be the sort of short term that everyone goes to for, yep, we need to increase this to, to boost the economy. But actually, you know, we are still in a climate crisis as well. And we can't forget that fact, even though this current situation is, you know, is a priority. So the government needs to ensure that whilst they're looking at stimulating the economy and people's jobs and everyone gets back on their feet, we've got to remember that it's, you know, it's not just that, it's the renewable sector, it's, you know, sort of travel, the implications of travel. Um, In the first podcast, uh, I mentioned that, you know, sort of 72% of global emissions is from the travel sector. And obviously all of that has been declining. So, They've got to sort of be careful and do things sort of together about stimulating the economy so everyone gets back on their feet, but that the environment doesn't get lost in that as well. And Neil, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think uh, an important takeaway for the government is that we can make big system changes and still survive as a people. I think that it's important to see that people have been really resilient and responsive to the changes that the government has made. I mean, it's, it's a really big change to ask people not to go out anymore and just to stay at home. And I think that all along this, what a lot of uh, environmentalists have been asking of the government and of the world in general, just to see what we can change. And I think, if anything, this has shown that we can change when we're in crisis, when we're facing a crisis. So just recognising that and uh, seeing what we can what we can keep and what we can take away from, or what we've learned essentially from this crisis and seeing what we can take from that and apply it to the environmental crisis that we're also facing. Great. Thanks, guys. Um, so what can sort of the listener or the average person do to encourage this possibility? So, for example, can you contact your local MPs about this, supporting environmentally responsible businesses? Or are there any proactive actions, David, that we could use to yeah, encourage this possibility? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, sort of it, it encouraging uh, listeners to contact their MPs if they've got a specific concern, whether that's, you know, about the recycling rates that are in their council, whether they sort of need more support to facilitate that greater change, whether it's you know sort of coming together as a community or you know as a community group to be proactive about you know making sure that the actual areas around them are you know sort of clean and people do take on board the positive messages so people don't they don't litter um, when they go you know sort of into a park. Um, on my walks in the lockdown now, I've seen sort of less litter. That might just be because people are buying less things and there's potentially less people around. But it's important that whilst people are starting to potentially appreciate more 
of the natural side of things that people take on board that sort of spirit that they're feeling now into their sort of working lives and into their community as well to ensure that everyone as a whole can you know sort of come together and ensure that environmentally responsive actions do happen people make you know potentially sort of different choices they might buy you know they might sort of reduce their plastic use and buy products that you can refill rather than just buying single-use plastics all the time there are sort of lots of things out there that people can proactively do as well as you know contacting their MP and local governments to facilitate a, a wider change as well. So while plans to reinvigorate the economy can feel quite distant from sort of being a student or staff member do you have any concerns about possible bounce back Neil from um, staff and students maybe at the University of Greenwich sort of closer to home? Um, what do you mean by bounce back? So in terms of when everybody goes back will the buying of single-use cups, any sort of yeah reaction to people coming back to their everyday lives, specific yeah. to Greenwich. Yeah, I think um, I think everyone's going to want to just get back to normal and to the way things were, and uh, I think that will really will be the bounce back. The, the fact that the level at which we used to use uh, single-use plastics was not a good one, so that in itself isn't necessarily a good thing. And I think, um, or at least I hope that. When people are coming back, they sort of see it as an opportunity to make changes or to, to come out of the lockdown and do, do something different. Uh, hopefully they can come up with, with good or, or best practices after lockdown. Great. Um, yeah, same question to you, David. Yeah, no, I think uh, Neil has covered it well. I think that there will be a bounce back in terms of, you know, once businesses start to reopen, people might feel, well, you know, rather than, Essentially, sort of staying in, staying in and eat. Um, you know, it's a case of well, now they can go out to restaurants, they can go out and do these things they haven't been able to for the last couple of months. They might decide well, they had to postpone their holiday, so they instead of going for one week, they might go for you know three weeks, or you know they they might change mm. their habits. But I think after that, it's kind of looking at the long term prospects. So. There will likely be a bounce back in the short term, but in the long term, it might be that people actually start to think, well, they've bounced back, you know, that they've potentially bought all these plastic products because they were like, oh, well, you know, we just need to do it. We just need to go out and eat. We just need to have, you know, sort of that pre-lockdown sort of familiarity. But in the long term, they might start to sort of change their attitudes and actually be like, oh, well, actually, we don't need to do that as much. We don't need to travel all those places because whilst we're in the lockdown we didn't and we actually appreciated those you know sort of small luxuries of going out for a walk enjoying the the local scenery you know sort of being a part of a bigger community so hopefully that will be what will happen you know sort of in in the longer term and it's kind of it's all dependent on our individual reaction some people might not do it some people might do it and it's about sort of trying to make sure that the majority of people actually think about well we haven't been able to live with all these sort of big luxuries but actually has that affected us too much it might have not done so it's sort of taking that into sort of future life and businesses and in your workplace as well sort of following the lockdown ceasing. Great a question to David again specifically does the sustainability team at Greenwich have any plans to maintain some of the positives when we return to no- relative normality? I know it's early days, but just um, curious to see. 
Yeah, so I think one of the the main things that has come out of this is the use of technology and how that's helped us keeping up that communication, um, you know, whether it's students or whether it's staff or even in our personal lives. So looking at, you know, the video calling techniques, looking how we can facilitate that, how that has impacted on international conferences and traveling. So lots of academics as part of their research will or previously might have needed to or felt the need to travel to these conferences, whether that's in the same country, regionally or potentially internationally, whether those have still occurred in this lockdown virtually, whether there's been positives or negatives from that and how we can look to take all of that forwards and see if there's some sort of facilitation to reduce that or at least offer alternatives so you know you don't have to travel necessarily if you feel that you know you you don't need to travel all that distance and another aspect is or an area is looking at all of this impact on well-being and how we can sort of support staff and students and enhance that in terms of you know sort of campus whether it's face-to-face remotely the benefits the therapeutic benefits of being outdoors, nature, ecosystem services, uh, which was mentioned previous podcast about sort of an area which we were looking at, um, trying to sort of reinvigorate increased biodiversity so sort of anyone and everyone can benefit from those services. Yeah, Neil, do you have anything to add? Is there anything you've heard or are working on in this regard? Um, plans and positives when we're coming out of the, the lockdown. I think that uh, it's important for us to keep what definitely what has worked. So I know that uh, for some people, they might uh, they might see an increase in productivity working from home. And for other industries, it might be the complete opposite, where it's it, they haven't been as productive, not being able to physically be together as a team. And I think it would be important for, for people who have seen benefits uh, in terms of their levels of productivity during the lockdown to sort of keep keep that and uh, see if if it, that means that they have to travel, they don't they travel less that they, you know, they consume more just by, you know, working from more remote places or that there's a le- less of a need for people to, you know, travel across the world to have, like David was saying, to have a conference, for instance, then is that something that we can preserve for the sake of the environment would just be really, really good. Great. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I've been um, amazed with the amount of extraordinary kindness and resilience that um, our local communities have shown during this these crazy times. Um, do you envision any of this behaviour being used as a stepping stone in the fight against climate change? David? Um, yeah, I mean, as as you've highlighted, right, you know, the sort of community spirit, everyone coming together, the, you know, sort of NHS claps and key worker claps that have happened sort of every Thursday for the last couple of weeks. Um, seeing the fact that you know if if there's vulnerable individuals that haven't been able to go out and do their shopping people are volunteering their time and resources to sort of help them out um with all of the nhs volunteering you know so there is a lot of community spirit and i think sort of harnessing that for you know um other areas you know like climate change which is vitally important as well in terms of you know it's a case of individuals might have thought previously well how can their individual actions prevent climate change or help to reduce climate change and the impacts individual actions do but also in terms of the community the fact that everyone can come together over a you know sort of core aspect 
in terms of climate change, there's no reason why that can't happen again. So, you know, people are supporting each other in terms of reducing single use plastic use, how they can recycle, what are the best products to buy. You know, there's various things that have happened already in terms of, you know, you have sustainable Instagram influencers, for example, how that can sort of be broadened out and reading a, a wider community. And another important aspect might be that people sort of think about the sort of luxuries they might have had in the past, whether they needed those luxuries, whether, you know, someone needed that particular item of clothing because it was the next fashion trend or whether it's a case of, well, actually for the environment, we don't need that particular item because we've got lots already. We can, you know, sort of be a bit creative and come up with our, you know, sort of the new thing ourselves and whether we can start to sort of reduce the things we took for, as, as a luxury before moving forward to help combat climate change. Yeah, and um, same question to you, Neil. Yeah, I think um, that everyone, you know, coming together, the NHS collapse, a lot of the people volunteering, I have some of my own peers who have been volunteering with the NHS. It's given me great hope in our humanity, and it really shows that we do have the ability to empathise with, with, with each other. And I think that will be tremendously important in the fight against climate change. I think that uh, the fight against climate change is a lot about our own collective progress in, in, in our, as a society, as opposed to individual gain. So, so this, this crisis showing that we can come together as, as one to tackle something, regardless of our frontiers, regardless of our political opinions or whatever, it really does show that um, we do have the potential to beat the climate crisis. So I, I do hope that people sort of see it in that way when it comes to, you know, that, that, the environmental crisis, so that we can all work together, you know, regardless of, of anything. It is a con common enemy that, you know, our environment is being destroyed and we do need to, you know, come together to find ways to tackle that. Great, that's great to hear. Um, so yeah, my final question is, is there a single change to your life that you would like to apply post um, sort of COVID-19 lockdown, Neil? Yeah, I think um, this is going to be what I'm, like, I'm calling the essential test or like the needs test. It's whether, like you know, David put it over quite quite well earlier, whether you need to do to go on a, a vacation this weekend, whether you need to take a cab to go down the street to get your groceries or you know, like you did a lot, then can you walk or can you just take a walk and, and enjoy nature as you would? Uh, you know, just I think that the lockdown really has forced us to live within our needs more than live within our wants. I think that it's, it's limited, like there have been quotas and some of the things that we could even buy in the supermarket. And before we would have probably picked up, I don't know, a, a bunch of eggs without regards for, for you know, anyone else and, and their needs as well. So it's kind of like, I think it'd be important to sort of think about, you know, is it essential for me to have you know all these extra things that I had in my life before and you know also asking myself whether that did, did, did bring me any happiness and I know some people might recognize that to be I don't know its own branded type of minimalism in a way that you know you sort of think about what 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 is important to your life so coming out of this the, the one important takeaway for me is that essential test like is this essential to my life and if it's not then hopefully I can do without it and if it is then obviously I, I will need it and I will use it but uh, yeah that, that'll be my takeaway from the lockdown. Great. And same question to you, David. Yeah, I think I, I actually agree with Neil entirely. It's, you know, it's the case of, yeah, I, I don't know if I can actually put it any better than Neil, but um, it's, <laughs> you know, sort of making that choice of do we need it? Do we need to do this particular action? Can we restrict ourselves even slightly? You know, do we need to 
go on a holiday the other side of the world or if we do need to get away can we go somewhere you know sort of close to home or can we use alternative transport to get there not essentially you know sort of flying everywhere straight away whether it, it can be broken up and whether that could be part of the experience as well um, and also then how we can support others making those changes you know for climate change some of the necessary actions might be you know sort of alien to people because they still do certain things in in one particular way um and it's a case of you know because of what's happened now everyone is sort of realizing more well actually they do read all the information now potentially now they do communicate with each other they might think differently than what they did previously about sort of such certain situations and it's sort of taking all of those as a core principle and making sure that for the environmental crisis that yeah we, we do sort of just take that extra thought of thinking about it for that extra bit sure um so yeah that's my final question uh thank you guys for joining and sharing some really interesting thoughts if as the listener would you would like to sort of engage with the university of greenwich sustainability team please visit um www.gre.ac.uk forward slash sustain But um, yeah, thanks guys and hope to speak with you guys soon.